and welcome back to part two of We Don't Need Roads. My name's Chris. And I'm Brian. And today we have a very, very special guest. sensation he is an amazing artist this guy is all the way around the other side of the planet to where we are right now and he is phenomenal he is an overall such a nice guy i've had such good fun um working with this gentleman before in the past we have had such an amazing time doing the uh make a wish foundation um where we raised over ten thousand pounds as part of a team so ladies and gentlemen, would you give it up for the one, the only, Mr. Vorsum Warped. What's up? <laughs> You're making me blush, man. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Yeah, yeah, doing good. Pretty chill. It's uh, very late. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, we, we had a, um, a little bit of a confab earlier, Brian, um, just to make sure Vorsum's uh, sound and visual was perfect for the, for the show. And um, I'll give you three guesses what time of the morning it is right now for him. You said before it'd be about 3 a.m.? Yeah. On the morning. It's 3 in the morning. Yeah, it is. That, that, that must be some... some uh, get my teeth back in. Some strong coffee you've got there, man. Yeah, yeah. About 10 cups in. Still going good. <laughs> so the reason... Um, we got Vorsum in is because one of the categories we've decided to pick for this week is digital artwork. And now basically all of the artwork that you see for uh, my channel and the artwork you see below me right now, um, it's all been digitally made by that man himself. Um, and I, I know me and Brian have had slight, touches in the digital art world brian you could say you know well I, I go online and i find things like i just google search create a pixel character and then just edit the templates and stuff to do my own little basic stuff because basically i can't afford to pay someone to do my stuff so i just try and do my own little bits but seeing other people how creative they can be it's, it's always just like blow my mind you give them a little brief and then bump you've got you've got emotes you've got logos and, and all kinds of crazy stuff and it all looks obviously depending on the artist all looks really good most of the stuff i've seen on twitch youtube and stuff be it just a logo little things like that it, it's it's it beats what i could do i could go with pen and paper and do something pretty cool and then try and scan it and just not know what the hell i'm doing so <laughs> A little funny story. When I um, originally approached uh, Vorsum to do the emotes for our Twitch channel, um, I, I found a, ma a marshmallow on on Google, and I was like, I want something like this. And I gave him like three or four slight adaptations of that marshmallow, and he was like, That's really cool. Can't really keep that one because that's a copyrighted image, but let me see what I could do for you. And I literally then. I think it was like 24 hours. He was like, what do you think of these? And I was like, oh my God, they're, they're amazing. <laughs> they, they, they are fantastic. And we've, we've, we've absolutely, you know, plastered his artwork over everything that we, we do. So whether it be like here on our, um, on our top bar, you know, on our Facebook, on our Twitter, everything, um, has his artwork. And when anyone says to me, help, yo, that's really good artwork. Where'd you get it from? I, I always point them in, um, and in Vorsum's direction. As you should. I'm next. As you should. And, you know, I, I I can't say for sure if anyone's ever contacted him on my recommendations, but I know for a fact it makes me feel good that 
you know he's he's had some and some amazing work that he's given us and uh you know it's 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 brought a bit of a smile to, to a lot of people's faces so i get a few random weirdos here and there trying to message me for stuff i don't know if they're from you or not but you know <laughs> we, we will never know we will never know <laughs> Um, so right guys we're going to go into category one today and category one today is movies from the 60s to the noughties um, now the reason I particularly wanted to do this section I know on the last video we covered some movies um, but there, there's, there's such a big category of uh, movies from the 60s to the noughties you know we can we can talk about um, like sci-fi films like this the star trek the star wars movies you know gremlins back to the future uh indiana jones you know the 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 the, the, the list is pretty much endless when it comes to uh 60s to noughties movies um but the question i want to originally ask with regards to this is what was the first movie you guys actually remember seeing and thoroughly enjoying I got first with my first cinema trip, which yeah, was the yeah. original, which was the original Turtles movie, and that I just remember being hyped about it because turtles were everywhere. And then getting to the cinema, eating most of my popcorn and sweets, and my having my drink taken away from me. It was my uncle, my uncle Peter, who taught me, because um, he was a fan and he wasn't much older than me at the time. So we went along. I enjoyed the movie. It wasn't like the cartoons at all, in the slightest. Um, no, no Krang, no Bebop, no Rocksteady, but it was still a great film and it stuck with me. And it's, it really stuck with me. And I think that was the first time I'd seen trailers for films coming soon. And I was like, what's this Home Alone? That looks really funny. Um, so that's my first cinema trip. I was just blown away at the fact there was only like six of us in the cinema because it was an early morning showing. So it, 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 there was no talking over it or anything like that. Me, the last film me and Caden went to see was Endgame and I had some idiot in front of me with his phone on the brightest setting right in front of me and I, was, I felt like slapping him in the back of the head really. <laughs> you know, we, we, we alluded to uh, trailers and coming soon um, in the previous episode. So guys, if you haven't already watched that one, make sure after you finish this, you go and watch episode one which we will link somewhere wherever YouTube decide to put the cards these days. Um, Vossum? Well, luckily I've had some time to think. Uh, two come to mind. First one is, uh, I think I was like five years old at the time. I remember going to the cinemas to see Disney's Hercules when that came out in 1997. Uh, and the one thing that I remember is they were having these competitions where uh, if you sat down in a chair in the cinema with a dot on it, you get a free poster. And I did sit down in a chair with that dot, but then this lady came and she was all alone by herself and she asked if we could move down a bit because of her leg. And she had an injured leg, so she wanted to sit in the aisle. So yeah, we moved down, we moved down. Didn't know what the dots were for at the time uh, when this happened. And then when they did announce that the dots were for the competition, she was a very nice lady and she gave me the dot because, well, you know, I was five years old and she wanted it. I don't know if that kindness still exists these days, but that sticks out to me as my first movie experience. And I remember everything about the film. It was one of my favorites when I was, um, obviously, after I saw it. And it, uh, it kind of drove my interest into Greek mythology and, well, I guess villains as well, because, I mean, Hades is kick-ass with James Wood being the voiceover in behind that i I, ha I do have to say that hades in the the disney hercules hercules movies was my favorite character he's just so sassy <laughs> see i was disappointed in once upon a time when the when they had hades and that and they didn't get james wood to, to play hades they got some other guy to play him who wasn't it wasn't the same but i, I missed out on hercules i, I think i, I just kind of outgrown disney at that point period of disney yeah. just seems to have some really brilliant voice acting they picked the right people for the right role uh so i think it started off with um robin williams as the genie in aladdin they did they did there's kind of a sad story behind that but uh yeah they did pick uh robin williams um 
he one of his stipulations was he would do the voice for Genie, but they weren't allowed to use him in advertising for the movie. And um, then they so they weren't allowed to say Robin Williams is the Genie. Come see Robin Williams. You know, kind of how they do nowadays. See Joe Rogan or whatever. Seth Rogan. Um, and uh, that's why you'll see in the second Aladdin movie that uh, the guy that does Homer's voice, he does the genie in that. Yeah. But then they got Robin Williams back on their good side, so he came back for the third Aladdin. But I don't the, remember how they got that. I, I just remember like all the advertisements for that film, it was all around the genie character, everything. It was just yep. insane. But now Hercules is one that I, I, I've watched since. I'll have to go back and rewatch it because I remember the songs were amazing. The song oh, yeah. proper toe tapper is just he really got into them, and I, and I think Disney when they get the songs right, it's perfect. And you can't imagine the film without the songs. It, the, oh yeah, the, the two are just whatever that is. <laughs> um, like you can literally hum or sing any Disney song, and you can pretty much guarantee that whoever you're humming it to or sing it to will know what movie that's from. One day I will start singing a Disney song in public and everyone will join in in a perfectly choreographed moment. It'll be a flash mob. <laughs> yeah, flash mob Disney song, boom, brilliant. I don't really remember watching many movies at home. It sounds really weird, but um, like, except for when it was Christmas, um, I was like really more into going upstairs and playing on my games console or my PC, you know. Um, small child i was mad on he-man he-man turtles and transformers forget about it i would come home from school and I, I, I had one videotape that was i think it was like an hour and a half tape where my mum had recorded loads of episodes of those three shows i'd just come in every every day go and get changed straight downstairs videotape in sit there <laughs> I, that, that, that was my life until well actually i probably watched kids tv channel for the 45 minutes that it was on and then put the videotape in and it shut me up it kept my mum out of my mum's way so happy days but I, th I think that was the first cinema proper cinema experience i had was an extended episode of uh he-man um I, I just thought of another one go on i remember when we didn't have blockbusters quite yet around here but we had like small little independent video rental shops and my dad came home one day from going to the shop and said saturday night ghostbusters 2. i was like <laughs> it, it was literally coming out on i think the day before so we reserved it got it and that night there was not only me my mum my two brothers and two sisters at the time but my nan, my granddad, and two aunties came over to watch it as well. Proper and I just remember everyone crammed in the living room, and, and normally I'd have an armchair at least. No, I'm on the I'm on the floor. <laughs> I, I don't care how numb my bum went. I, I sat. I just remember us all sat there in silence, watched it. It didn't get paused once. No one really talked over it. It was like being in, in, in a good cinema, and that was it. Then I was like, right, I, I want to go to the video shop and see what they've got. And then I found loads of films that I'd never watched, never had the chance to see. There was um, Mr. Destiny. I don't know if you've heard about that one. Doesn't ring a bell. Um, never heard of it. Um, I think it's James Belushi. And he's, he, as a kid, he misses a baseball and his life goes on one trajectory. Then Michael Caine gives him a drink and then it turns out he hit the ball and his life goes in a completely different way. And in the end, he decides to go another way. You can tell, yeah, I think you can tell it's written for like Tom Hanks, maybe, or someone like that. And then they couldn't get him. Yeah. Uh, look, who's, look who's talking. That was another one. Just, just random videos that I've rent, and the guy behind the counter wouldn't pay attention to the to the rating on them. As long as it wasn't an eighteen off the top shelf, he didn't care. He's, he's just handed out eighteen <laughs> movies. I got RoboCop and RoboCop two, and after seeing RoboCop at like eleven years old, it was like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that, that film scarred me, even when I watched it older. Just that one scene where where the the bad guys are killing Murphy, 
and it was just the first gunshot, and I was just like, nope, <laughs> nope, <laughs> ain't happening. Like, nope. like f- throughout the years, especially, I've, I've, I don't know about you two, but I've noticed that as much as I enjoy like modern movies, like the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and you know all these other films that are coming out, I do find myself sort of regressing and watching a lot of older movies especially some of the ones that came out before i was even born um okay. so like the, the the biggest example was um i was about mm, 15 16 years old and my dad brought home a vhs of the original 1970s i can't remember the year 1970s westworld now Oh yeah. I'm, I I don't know if any, either of you have seen the original. You you've probably watched the TV adaptation series that's come out. No. No. Nope. Oh. Nor the original. Right. <laughs> so basically, uh, for the uneducated in the room, uh, <laughs> Westworld is a theme park, but it's no ordinary theme park. It's um, there's. In the, in the movie, there's three three zones. So there's Roman Roman world, West world, and medieval world. And basically, you can go there. You can do whatever you want. You can't get killed. So if you go to West world, for example, and you go into a gunfight with one of the animatronic robot people that they own, um, you will always win. The, 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 whoever you're facing if he's if he's an android won't draw faster than you same with it's me- a fun in there <laughs> but it, the the idea is that you can live out your most way wildest desires if i can put it like okay sound better yeah um there's no consequences the, the the whole idea is there is no consequences to whatever you do because that robot you killed last night in the saloon because he looked at your woman funny will go back. He'll have the bullets taken out of him. He'll be plastered up and he'll be back on the streets tomorrow. So, so I could keep killing the same guy over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, and, it, until, don't, the robots, don't the robots like get pissed off at this? Yeah. So depending on what, <laughs> ad, what, depending on what adaptation you, read, uh, you watch, whether it, if it's the movie, um, basically the one robot starts remembering and he goes crazy and he basically gets into the server room and makes all the other robots go crazy and they start killing all the guests so you see like uh, medieval world where this one guy's facing the black knight and he's like it's okay i'm not going to die this large gentleman should we say and yeah he just gets like snapped like right through the chest and he's like (laughs) Oh fuck! That wasn't meant to happen, and dies. <laughs> the Simpsons parody this with the Richie and Scratchy Land one. It, I think so. I think it's on the same um, wavelength, on the same. Oh yeah. Um, but if you watch the modern adaptation, the TV series, um, in, in the movie, it's the Black Hat Cowboy that is the one who starts remembering. Whereas in the TV series, there's several of the robots that start remembering they start remembering previous life so once they get to a point that they're getting too remembered in one part of the park they'll get moved to somewhere else and the robots start remembering their previous lives well like this saloon prostitute and that's how that's, that's what i'm gonna say starts remembering she was a prairie woman who had a daughter so she then made it her mission to go find her daughter. It's got it's got Ant, Ant, Anthony Hopkins in it. Um, he plays the creator of Westworld. Yeah, like that. For me, the movie, even though it was seventies, way before I was born, um, I actually really enjoy that movie to the point of I now have it on Blu-ray. And there's not many movies nice. I have on Blu-ray. <laughs> That's what I mean. I, I I start finding my I've started to find myself watching slightly older movies, like stuff that my parents may would have watched in their late teens, early twenties, early thirties. Um, 
And if you can look to past... be fair, those movies are better than most of what Hollywood spits out these days anyway. So I, I was going to say, if you can look past any like visual effects... Uh... Some of the visual effects are even better. I mean, look at The Lord of the Rings. Those are some of my favourite movies. And those effects are... That's from what? Early 2000s? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, if you look at their effects that they had back then and some of the effects that you see in movies now, the effects back then stand way beyond time of half the crap you see today. Like, yeah. it's just... It, it doesn't look real. It looks too CGI. Whereas Lord of the Rings, obviously, was, a lot of it was CGI, but because it was mixed in so well, it's just... It there's stands lot, the test of time. I don't know what they did, but... A lot of practical well. effects in um, Lord of the Rings. A lot of like, just simple things like forced perspective with the camera and the actors being one closer yeah. and one further. Just the small things that... So everything's happening in the frame, and then it's just touching up with the CGI. And then, obviously, the, the bigger scenes, they needed that. But it's still... You can tell time was spent on it. It wasn't just rushed to meet oh, the yeah. deadline. It's like we're putting all this money and all this effort into making the, what they said was unfilmable. So we'll cut. We'll cut. We'll cut the budget in terms of. We'll save on the budget by doing these shots, but at the same time, it's making it look like more. more like you say, there's some films now, and you're like, well, that that's a you know, pretty shitty CGI there because you can just see the joins and it i think there's an overall it's on cgi now I, I think with movies now i think if you have too much cgi it literally just becomes a cgi clusterfuck and and yes and, and when you get to that point in a movie where like 85 percent of the movie cgi i turn off because i'm like i can't understand the story if 85 percent of it is clearly been computer generated the only movie that i can sort of get behind which was that that much cgi was the um the remake of lion king because the cgi in that was good i love that it's supposed to be a live action adaptation that's how they described it yet it's still an animation of an animation yeah <laughs> Of a Shakespeare story. <laughs> it made me chuckle when I saw the trailers where it's like live adaptation of The Lion King. Like, <laughs> yeah. So Disney have got lions walking around on set, and then it was like I've, I've, walking too. I was I was like, and then I did some because I thought maybe they've got real lions and then CGI'd the faces and the mouth and everything, and then I read it. It was like this movie is ninety five percent CGI. And I was like. Oh, okay. What's the point in the other five percent? It's the backgrounds, I bet. Yeah, no the, um, <laughs> the the only stuff that was shot live was any pan shots of Africa. Um, so when like um, he stood on Pride Rock and he looks out to the plains, nine most of that is actual Africa, and they've just added trees and rocks where they wanted them. Um, yeah, and then yeah. there was another scene i think it's where nala and simba meet up again as adults that uh, that like jungle-esque scene that was shot in new zealand um the, the 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 panoramic view of it and then they've cgi'd lions and meerkats and warthogs and everything else in um well, yeah the five percent is the scenery <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Um, so I I think, and you guys may agree or disagree with me on this, um, that I think necessary CGI, well, some of it's CGI, um, but the visual effects have stood the test of time are Gremlins 1 and 2, Ghostbusters 1 and 2, and um, as strange as it sounds, The Wizard of Oz. That uh, They are my five movies that I, I think you could potentially say this was made last year and people would be like if they didn't know what the, what the movie was they'd be like oh it's really good i don't know if i could say that about the wizard of oz i've seen that movie quite a lot and i don't think i would believe that was made last year it's amazing and it does still stand up to time but like even with it's like going back to lord of the rings i could still say that was not made last year 
but you, but you know what I mean. The the the, the graphics. Well, the, yeah. the, there's there's some bits in I think most films that there's one. It's a special effects movie. There's one or two scenes that stand out where it's done really really well. Or well, a lot of the movies done really well, but there's always something crappy. It's like my Back to the Future Two, the scene where there's multiple of them. In the in Mark, you know, Michael J. Fox is playing his son, his daughter, and himself all around the table, and it was all filmed a certain way. And they had an earthquake, and they thought the set was fucked. So, but he's really there, and he's done the scene three times. That bit holds up, and then you get the scenes where it really doesn't. In the second one, where he's playing guitar, and he's other selves crawling along the top, and you can just see the blue screen terribly. Um, so. There's always going to be bad special effects. There's always going to be good special effects, but it's all about just finding the balance between. I think practice. I think the reason why the new Star Wars movies look much better than the prequels is because the prequels were all done on on green screen, blue screen, with very even practical backgrounds or anything like that. Whereas then you look at how the technology's moved on, and you get the Mandalorian, which is pretty much all filmed against screens, doing some mad technological stuff i can't build, i can't work out but it makes it look like they're outside it makes them look like they're here there and everywhere and it looks fantastic so if the prequels were remade with oh don't give george lucas ideas but <laughs> if you could do it but redo them prequels with the, with the newer technology and they've looked 20 billion times better they, they did update the graphics at one point didn't they because i think um I remember seeing a picture of Yoda when he first came out in the cinemas, and then I think maybe a decade later where they retouched it and they made him digital. Yeah, so there, there, there's certain things with the prequels that they have touched up. So they removed Yoda as a puppet and put him as a CGI. That was purely because in the first one, George was like, it's got to be a puppet. It was a puppet in the mm. original. It's got to be a puppet. And they did the puppet, and <laughs> it looked awful. It looked like Yoda had been in a car crash and... Yeah, like it's see by this picture here that we're putting up now, the, the the puppet and the CGI. I would go CGI every time. the The, the puppet was great in the seventies and the eighties. It worked for that era because Yoda was old as dirt and he didn't move around a lot, so Frank Oz could get away with just little movements. But if they were expecting Yoda, much younger than he was in return of the jedi to be nimble and he's got face count dooku and all this that and the other you're not going to be able to do that with a puppet at all yeah so, so, yeah. so when they came to, they, when they came to touch up the first movie because it was a drastic change from puppet into cgi they went actually we need to touch that up we need to and cgi and they were like yeah that but there there has been a few um i think there's because the original trilogy there was brian correct me if i'm wrong four different editions i'm pretty I sure i'm pretty sure there was the original then there was the anniversary digital edition then there was another edition after that and then the final edition after that is where they put mark uh christian haderson in place of the guy who played luke uh who played vader in the movies in the originals yeah, yeah, yeah. um so i do believe I, I could be wrong if i'm wrong leave a comment down below uh but i do believe that there was four digital updates i do believe on the prequels there's been two and from what i'm now hearing they're gonna basically be sacking off the sequel trilogy as alternative universe from what i've been reading in, on the on the sheets um over the last sounds about weeks. right so yeah Gonna milk it. Was <laughs> it four billion dollars for it? Yeah. Well, from from what I've heard, um, the, the only guy so many games you can sell. Yeah. From what I've <laughs> from what I've heard, the guy who's taking over and who's going to be doing the next lot of movies, but they're not Skywalker based. They're going to be other character based. Um he's going to basically retcon the prequels so they won't exist so disney are like oh it's an alternative universe a lot of people are gonna love that <laughs> see the sequels get so much hate 
So bad. Right, and from a writing perspective, yeah, I, I know. I can see why. As three individual movies, if you didn't link them as prequels, if three individual movies, I can watch them. I can sort of enjoy them. But... <laughs> I'm sorry, it's Disney. It's an experience. I'm sorry, Disney. <laughs> you fucked up. You got greedy and you <laughs> fucked up. Okay? Let's, let's, let's just all agree to disagree and we'll move on. Right. So we're going to go into category number two now, guys. Now, this is one... That we wanted to put forward uh, specifically for you, Vorson. Uh, like mm. we said at the beginning of the episode, you are a digital artist extraordinaire. Um, and we just want to go into the, the, the ability to, like, how did you find out you could draw this well? Um, you know, in what means uh, do you feel that you can uh, monetize this creativity you've got? And... Um, what advice would you give to anyone who's watching this video who, who, who can draw and wants to sort of go to the next level? I'll start off with the advice that um, I'd give anyone who wants to get into drawing and get into art. Um, it sounds really cliche and literally everyone says it that you ask who can draw and does artwork. And they just say, just draw, just practice. If you, if you spend a lot of time mastering your work, It'll look good eventually. It'll look better. You will grow into your own art style. I mean, take uh, references from people that inspire you, artists that inspire you, um, whether that be people like the old days like Picasso or uh, Da Vinci, or if that's um, someone who's recent. Um, I can't really think of recent artists that come to mind, but I mean, I've got a lot... <laughs> I got a lot of artistic friends who, you know, I've uh, I've seen their work. I'm like, okay, I'll try out their art style, see how that goes. Terrible. Their art style is for them, not me. I can't do it. That's why it's their art style. <laughs> um, but yeah, my, you know, only advice I can really give is just pick up the pen, put it to paper. If you can't draw pen to paper, then pick up a stylus and put pen to uh, tablet because. It is very similar, but I find myself, I can draw digitally and I can create art digitally um, through programs like Photoshop and whatnot a lot easier than I can draw pen to paper. Um, I don't know why, but uh, I prefer it that way. I think maybe it's because any mistakes that I make, I can immediately just hit undo, 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 draw the line, undo. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, um, um, you know, I, I personally, and I know Brian has as well, we have a mediocre understanding of software like Photoshop. You know, um, yeah. you know, I, 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 can, I can do some pretty impressive stuff for my level. You know, I, what I would do on Photoshop, you'd probably look at and go, so Eden made this? <laughs> I know that's that's my creations on Photoshop. I literally do what I need to do by trial and error, and once it looks ninety percent of how I imagined it in my head, it's like right, save, done, done. We don't touch it again, and that's just layering images and, and messing about and stuff. Um, that's that's so. how it starts. <laughs> my methods haven't changed from that. <laughs> that's exactly what I do. Mess about, but looks good. I can sell it. <laughs> so, so what do you? You've already already said that you prefer uh, like digital over pen and paper. But have you ever just like yes. gone? You know what? I've got absolutely nothing to do. I can't be bothered to boot up the computer, get a sketchbook out, and just go for it. Not since I was at university. No, <laughs> mostly because my computer's always on. Um, right. And I, I'm terrible for the environment and whatnot. But uh, <laughs> when you uh, when you make videos and whatnot, you got to put renders through and do all sorts of crap. It's just force of habit. It's like turning it on and off. It's just, it just doesn't happen because it's always doing something, something in the background. Um, but as for drawing in sketchbooks, I mean, 
I have... No, I haven't actually had a sketchbook since university. I can honestly say that. I've had I've had family members like my sister and my cousins come up to me and ask me to draw things like Shrek and uh, certain political people for uh, their, uh, what would you call it, the school projects. They got like little art boards and whatnot. Yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. hey, can you draw this for me? And then I put my name on it. I'm like, yeah, sure, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> so, I think that's classed as cheap Eleven. Awesome. I mean, you know, if eleven year old comes out with something that I bought out of my uh, artistic creativity and the teacher believes it, that's not on me. That's not my fault. <laughs> how would you describe how easy it is to monetize being an artist? If you want to be an artist and you want to be taken seriously as an artist and get paid a lot of money. As an artist, do not become an artist. <laughs> it is very, very hard and very, very competitive. Um, if you if you don't have that drive and you don't have that will to just keep going past the negative parts that are 100% going to happen, you're not going to make it. You're not going to do anything. I, something I personally haven't done, which I should do, um, like if you want to start out as an artist is make an online portfolio, uh, which, you know, are just words. What you would do is you draw pictures and then you put pictures on say a website, maybe, maybe stuff like deviant art, Pixiv, maybe even Pinterest or something like that. Just something you could link to someone yeah. who, uh, potentially wants your art, but It, it, it kind of depends what kind of art you want to get into as well. It's a very broad spectrum because um, back in my animation days, uh, I was doing stuff like storyboards, character concepts, uh, background concept art. Uh, oh, it's just uh, there's a lot of things to take in mind, and they're all different. They all require different techniques and different skills because you can... You can concept a character just as a sketch and, okay, yep, cool, they'll like that, but you have to be able to sketch fast. Because if you take, like, a week to sketch one character, uh, no studio is going to pick you up, nothing. They're not going to... I'm going to find someone who can meet their deadlines and, and get everything rolling, especially if, you, like you say, it's a concept. So you bring in that character from a description to life and it's got to match their image, that, their image they've already got in their heads. Exactly, exactly. And if it's not what there's in their heads, that's a week's worth of work that you've just done, just gone down the drain. But put it on your portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, how that, that's how that usually works. <laughs> like I said, prime example is when you did our emotes for us and our CCC logo, you know. Um, I was like, this is what I want. What can you do? And you were like, 24 hours later, I had four emotes done and dusted. <coughs> And, you know, it was, the, the time spent, you wouldn't, if, if, if you'd have said to me six months prior to that, he's going to do it and he's going to do it in 24 hours, I would have been like, you're bullshitting because that's got to be a week's worth of artwork. And you didn't, you did it in 24 hours, you, 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 you absolutely smashed all of it. And I think if, like you said, if, when it comes to being time critical on things like this, if you can do it in a day, then when someone says to you, yeah, that, that Vorsen, yeah, I'm thinking about getting some emotes from him. How quick is he? I'm, I go, he done hours in 24 hours. Now, disclaimer, the baby Creelo was some time later. He didn't do that. <laughs> he didn't do those at the same time <laughs> because, because yeah. Tanya wasn't even pregnant when the original ones were done <laughs> and again you were so professional when we had we asked for the baby creelo one that we didn't know the gender so you did a gender neutral color and then you you you, you smashed out a pink one like literally a matter of minutes i went oh by the way we're having a girl and you were like here you go it's pink one i was like <laughs> okay <laughs> right thank you <laughs> To be fair, that's all about preparation and secret techniques of how to literally set it up so that 
with the press of a button, you can change any color. <laughs> yeah, like I, I think if if you can work fast, like you said, and you have the right mentality to be a, an artist or a digital artist, go for it. Awesome, it's been great having you on, and I want to give you a massive opportunity now to talk about any upcoming projects, any YouTube, any artwork, anything that you've got going on that you want to shout out. Um, yes, there's. Uh... There's a project I can't even talk about, really, because <laughs> that's it's, a, uh, come it's on not, a talk show and you can't even yeah, talk yeah. about it. I know, I know, it's not ready yet. It should have been ready years ago. Honestly, it should have been, <laughs> but it's not <laughs> due to complications. But uh, there could be a potential toy line upcoming uh, to look out for in the future regarding um, content creators and stuff like that. And so, uh, yeah, I can't really say too much, obviously, because. Well, it's not ready. It's not ready for public knowledge yet. But there it is. They're not ready so that's for coming. it. No, no, they're not ready for it yet. Um, other than that, uh, places to catch me doing anything uh, project-wise or anything-wise is YouTube. Um, nah, I'm not going to go back to Twitch. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> maybe it's in the air i might go back to twitch if i have to it would be i mean logically it's the thing that i should do but i don't want to so i'm not going to uh but yeah if you want to see anything that i'm doing on youtube you've got retro gaming modern gaming stuff like fortnite stuff like doom stuff like sonic the hedgehog from back in the day and i'm talking like you know sega Sonic the hedgehog uh so that leads us on perfectly to our third and final category, upcoming games and DLCs. As we're saying, um, started playing Fortnite a lot with Caden, ended up enjoying it a lot. But I can't be this default skin all the time. I want, I want the snazzy stuff. I'll get the crew pass. He already had the crew pass. Now when I play it by myself without him, it feels really strange. It's become like our little thing. It'll be sat on the Xbox or the Switch next to me. I'm on the PC having to use GeForce now because my PC is over 12 years old. And it's like, it's become our little bonding thing. And it's it's become a lot of fun. Just I just wish they would fix the XP system sooner because I'd have carnage already by now. <laughs> <laughs> That's really nice and wholesome. Uh, these days, you don't hear a lot of wholesome stuff about Fortnite. It's it's nice to hear that kind of thing. It's it's to be fair. Like I've watched like almost from like the sidelines. I've watched like Caden because Caden plays uh, Fortnite occasionally with Finley, and I've I've like, watched Finley and Caden sort of get, gain a like a relationship, you know, playing Fortnite. And then like one day, Brian was just like, you know what? I was playing Fortnite the other day. It's actually re actually really good, and I was like. Who are you and what you've done with Brian? Because <laughs> for me to play any game, you know, modern game, it, it really has to jump out at me. It really, it, or, it, because it, I never have the PCs to run the things. Mm. So it's always been console based and I can't get a look in on the console with Caden now being 10. <laughs> it's, it's just impossible, even with two of the fucking things in the house. <laughs> So to, to find one game that me and him can play together is fantastic. Um, but like you, he, he does have his salty moments. He does have his little frustrating moments where everyone's a hacker. Everyone's a hacker. It's like, no, no, they're not. Um, I posted a, a clip on, on TikTok. Um, just seen a guy building straight up into the, into the air. So I walk along and I break the bottom bit of the ramp and watch him fall. <laughs> Tempted to put the sound effect on, and I didn't. And then I checked me my TikTok a few days later because I have notifications off because the thing seems to send you a notification every two hours for something. And I had like seven hundred views and a shit ton of comments going, "Why? Why'd you do that? Why'd you do that?" I'm like, well, there's no rules that says I can't, and it's an easy elimination. And it made me laugh my ass off. <laughs> I don't. Like, did he expect everyone to, to like build up dead fast and do all this mad stuff and, and shoot? Or is it if you can take get the elimination, just get the elimination? I don't understand it. <laughs> it. It makes you wonder that if there was a TikTok of the opposite um, 
of their point of view shooting at you from up there if they'd be asking why did you shoot him he was on the floor he, <laughs> he wasn't shooting he was just sat there yeah, <laughs> exactly right <laughs> you see that take him out any way you can i'm not gonna waste ammo i'm not gonna waste grenades i'm just gonna walk over me pickaxe and just break the bottom one and then watch him <laughs> fall literally with, with the control Woo. The, the thing is, I, the one thing I've noticed more and more recently is that people get really salty about the most stupidest things, um, especially on online multiplayer games. Or if you're playing a single player game and you upload your content to YouTube, Twitch, you know, wherever, um, and you do something that isn't the norm, you know, why are you doing that? Why are you doing it like that? Why don't you do it the normal way? Backseat gaming. Well, wait, wait a minute. Who the fuck said that's the normal way? Maybe this is the normal way for me. Maybe I enjoy doing it this way. Maybe you need to take your tampon out of your ear and put it where it belongs. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I have noticed a very stark increase in salty comments. Now, I'm not going to say that it is all children. Uh, because when it's definitely I... definitely not. When I was playing um, some Call of Duty the other day because uh, the new season's come out for that and I, I just happened to have my headset in very rarely play with my headset in I don't like really talking on the mic I just want to get in the game shoot you win happy days away we go <laughs> um, and I happened to have my head, I happened to have my headphones on and this, I, I sniped this guy he was at the top of the tower I saw his glint and I was like you are not going to get me from there and he, he was literally, it was almost bullet time, and I'm feeling these bullets skim me either side, up, left, right, up, left, right. And I said, he's gonna, I'm getting closer, he's going to get me. So I just tucked behind the truck, laid down on the floor, rolled over to the other side, sniper rifle, bish, bash, bosh, away he went. All I got from the other end of the microphone was, oh, you're just a fucking hacker, aren't you? I was like... <laughs> no i'm just using common sense you know you you're getting closer and closer to hitting me i don't want to die i'm just going to outsmart you and yeah i i got a barrage of ps5 uh, ps4 um messages from him oh i'm gonna get you banned i'm gonna get you this i'm gonna i'm just like go on then did his dad or his uncle work for activision <laughs> his dad might as well have been like the president of sony entertainment as far as i'm concerned i really don't give a monkeys the one the, the, the one line that always gets me is i'm gonna get you banned i'm gonna get your console bricked i'm like go on then and i've said that ever since i've had ps3s ps4s and now i've got a ps4 pro i'm like go on then i've had death threats like that i've had death threats over stuff like that and it's like why are you so mad? Take a break. <laughs> Go eat some food. Have a glass of milk or water, whatever. Just chill. Yeah. Go outside, go for a walk, come back, play some more games and have some fun. Yeah, exactly. It's That's what I say to Caden when he's getting all pent up and frustrated because he, he can't get a win or he can't do a quest or he can't do a certain level on a game. And I'm like, put the pack down. I'll play something else. Games are meant to be fun. If you're not enjoying them, what Stop. is the point? Yeah, you're putting a lot of money into them. Some games you put a lot of time into. If you're not getting, you're not having fun. Just don't. No, just don't play exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> Do something else. Exactly. Now, Vossum, I don't know if you've seen any of our Planet Zoo and Planet Coaster videos on YouTube yet, um, but I am absolutely loving Planet Zoo and Planet Coaster. So we have um, me and Tanya made a deal that I could buy each base game. And then once a month, I can buy a DLC because with, money. with my pocket money, yeah. Uh, basically, with, <laughs> with, basically with my tips at work, I'll save up my tips, and I can buy a DLC. One DLC a month, not one per game, just one. And the tips, <laughs> tips from work. <laughs> um, and Ooh. Planet Zoo has just released. I think it was the end of last week a new expansion. Uh, for their game and it is the North America animal pack now I actually like this pack um, I have I think I have like three DLC packs for Planet Zoo now and one for Planet Coaster but the actual um, 
DLC for the North American pack actually looks really good and it's got so this is what I like about um, Frontiers games is when they give you a DLC it's not just here's one skin or here's one animal here's one building here's one set pack or whatever no 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 they, they, they give you like six animals 30 buildings and a flipping half a dozen flipping pieces so you can make the environment for your animals and your staff and everything really really good grew up in an era where when you bought a game that was it you bought Sonic the Hedgehog you put the cartridge in that was it you had Sonic the Hedgehog once you bought Sonic and Knuckles well <laughs> I was gonna bring it up saying that might have been where it started but uh. <laughs> um, that was a that was a 40 pound DLC card like um, if it didn't work you're screwed <laughs> I, I will come back to that because I had a friend of mine who bought Sonic and Knuckles had it for two days two days gentlemen and the cartridge refused to work he tried everything. Absolutely everything. That's tragic. Two days. If I had a hat, I'd take it off. Yeah. Two days. He had two days. Got it for his birthday. And it then point blank refused to work. And he was traumatized. You can't even talk to him about Sonic and Knuckles anymore. It still affects him to this day. <laughs> it, it, he's like, no, no. Some PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> Some serious PTSD. But my question is. At what point, when you're buying DLC for a game, do you think that the DLC costs too much? Like, if you've just paid for a £40-£50 game, what price bracket would you be happy with to buy add-on packs or DLC or, you know, extensions to the game? It's too much of a broad Again, it's it's very broad. It depends, really. Like, uh, it's like if you think back in the day when I think one of the first DLCs came out for the Elder Scrolls Oblivion, um, it was horse armor, and it was literally you could buy armor for your horse, nothing else, just that was it. It was a cosmetic. It's just everyone laughs now. But it was $5, and people still buy it to this day because they want to collect everything in the DLCs. And I think $5 is a bit too much just for horse armor, to be fair. <laughs> but then you've got DLCs um, that are like expansions to the game that might double the game. Or um, just... Yeah, stuff like that. Double the game or change the game in a way that it's a brand new world. And something like that, you... Honestly, I'd maybe buy the game again because if it's, if it's you know, if it's the same content as the game that I paid, I'd kind of want to give the devs a bit more money to continue and to be inspired to do more. But if it's something that's just tiny and, like, maybe it's a single map for COD or it's... Uh, uh, a, a new skin for uh, the Doom Slayer and the new Dooms. I don't think like maybe ten percent of what the actual price was is a good idea. Like, say it's a sixty dollar game, I'd pay six bucks for a skin if I really liked it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but See, then I just said that with horse armor, it's a skin, and I pay five bucks for it. So I, I don't know. It's <laughs> ah, it's very dependent. <laughs> To me, because I don't have much disposable income, new games, it's it's a big purchase. It's a big purchase. But what I've found is certain games, they'll announce that DLC is coming. And if you know it's a reputable company, a reputable studio, they'll say, you buy this Games Pass, Battle Pass, whatever it is, and you're going to get these, these expansion packs and these cosmetics and all this content. And you pay for it now and we will deliver so i did it with um batman arkham knight as soon as i bought the got the base game i went out and bought the deal the, the battle pass games whatever it was season pass because i knew all that dlc was already out and that is a lot more content both cosmetically and in game uh fallout 4 was another one bought the base game dirt cheap in um 
CEX when it was like three pounds for the disc and then paid 15 quid on Xbox Microsoft stocks. It was on an offer at the time and I got all that content. So, but that's more story content missions with the cosmetics sprinkled in. Fortnite and, and other battle royale games that have the season pass where it is literally just cosmetics. There's nothing that, that changes the game. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't give you a, a tactical advantage. And if it does for some reason, they quickly patch it out. Um thinking the I remember these army men skins Caden wanted in, in Fortnite because the green guy blended in almost perfectly with the grass and then they changed it so they stuck a load of, of mud on him. Um mm. so again, stuff like that's just cosmetics, but I paid 20 pound a month for our crew pass on that one and i class that as dlc as well because it's not essential to play the core game it's just additions um the one the first dlc i won't say dlc but expansion pack i remember getting was um for diablo 2. i had diablo 2 i loved mm. that and that added you know new characters whole new classes to play as and more content and that i think that was half the price of the base game so that was like I'm buying that because I've already sunk hours and hours into the original game. I want something new. I want to see the new stuff. I want to play these new these new characters, which I wasn't very good at, but you still give it a go, don't you? Um, Duke Nukem 3D had a ton of of, of add-ons and stuff. Like Duke goes on holiday and Duke goes to Washington and stuff. And they would the cheap I remember seeing them in an electronic boutique in a big box, and it was like fifteen pound for like six add-ons it was like yeah i'm buying that <laughs> yeah good 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 choice <laughs> before yeah, this was before june forever yeah back when it yeah. was the base an eternity an eternity for that game was oh, shit. <laughs> i mean to be fair they were bringing a 90s you yeah. know satirical 90s um action hero macho man into a world where that's just not an acceptable male role model anymore. <laughs> Remember just the, first, the first mission you, you, you had to draw on the whiteboard. I'm like, how many cocks have been drawn? How many? Couldn't help it. But I, I, I do agree with you, Vorson, and you, Brian, Like to a degree, like it, it depends on the content that you're paying for. Um, you know, I, th I think if, if a DLC is ten pounds, that's I, th I think that's like sort of my max budget for not just cosmetic. Um, I'm talking like things like Planet Zoo and Planet Coaster, where you do get stuff that will add to the game. Like Planet Coaster, we we did a video on that, and we showed that the the Ghostbusters DLC that comes that I got with it, um, you have a whole storyline. Yeah, you literally have a whole storyline of the Ghostbusters build a theme park and they've hired you to, to run it. Um, there's a ride where, you know, one of the missions is go and play the Ghostbusters experience, Ghostbusters experience ride and get a better score than Ray. And that's like a whole mission in itself. Um, when it comes to things like Fortnite, Call of Duty, things like that, um, I'm very hesitant to pay for the battle pass like I, I will for finley and louis if they if they if they want it um but for like call of duty i've, I've literally we're on we're on season six now and i've bought one battle pass and that was so i could get enough cod points to pay for the next battle pass and i did it again for the next one you know just play it i, I literally play it enough so i get the a thousand cod points and I've got next month's battle pass. If I get to level 100, happy days. If I don't, I don't care. It hasn't actually cost me anything. Um, so yeah, for, for me, DLC is very much, what is it gonna give me in terms of gameplay? Um, I know you guys were saying about your first DLCs, my first proper DLC um would have had to have been the frozen fawn uh warcraft 3 dlc where we got introduced to um arthas and then it would have been the roller coaster tycoon dlcs um which 
I thought was at, when I first got them I thought was amazing I was like holy shit I, I can add water parks and I can add this and I can, I can add that what um, so yeah for me DLC it all, it all falls down to what am I getting am I paying through the nose for it for the, the likes of what will probably become free when I'll, I'll take Brian's example because Brian always brings this one up um, Game of the Year edition games if there is a Game of the Year edition game I'm getting that one over the base game simple yep. as yep you get everything with it yeah I, I, I did I, that I, with Fallout 3 I did that with New Vegas <clears throat> wait that bit longer wait that bit longer you know had torrented versions of the games on my pc to play <laughs> console releases it's i'm just going to get the game of the year edition because um arkham city was another one as well got that game of the year edition you've got everything there boom okay guys we are wrapping up nicely onto category number four which is random facts and news. Now this is um, basically our section of the show where we can just give you random shit that we found out recently. Uh, random facts, I've, the way I explained it to Vorsum this afternoon was, did you know that the human head weighs eight pounds? Random fact. I did not. <laughs> does my head, does my head potentially weigh more with a mustache? I'll give you, with the moustache and beard, I'll give you 8.2. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think Brian's is a <laughs> little bit more, just purely because his head is slightly more concaved at the top. So I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to give him an 8.4. Okay. Well, I've got, this is something that I've been doing this week, past week. Um, I've been helping out at a community archaeological dig at the largest excavated monastic site in Europe. And did you know that 200 years ago, they were bastards because they decided to fill in this ditch with clay and sandstone and it's almost impossible to dig through. So you <laughs> bastards back then... <laughs> Fill it all with lighter stuff so the future people can find it. But no, I, I found a 200 year old drain. I found animal bones. I found pottery. It's been it's been quite interesting to dig. They don't let us near the good stuff. You know, we, we found a post hole and it was like, yeah, move. Professionals come in. We have to watch and record it. But it's it's been quite, that, that's my interesting fact. The oldest, not the oldest, the most excavated monastic site in Europe is in my hometown of Runcorn. <laughs> to, to be fair, oh. and I, um, this is something that a lot of our viewers won't know, and I know Vorson probably doesn't know either, Brian is a massive um, archaeological nerd. And I, I say it with great love, Brian, and you know I do. Um, you could probably ask him any question. Uh, Vorson, do you know what the TV show Time Team is? No. Right. So uh, uh, imagine um, a group of um, middle-aged men. Middle archaeologists. Yeah, middle-aged men archaeologists going around the country, around the world in some aspects, and digging holes. That's the basis of this TV show. Um, you could ask Brian. Right. You could ask Brian anything about archaeology that's on this TV show. And he could probably quote the the, the series, the time frame, no, the timestamp. <laughs> I, I picked up a lot of the um, the lingo, and then hearing the actual archaeologists using the same lingo on site just means it's like right. I know what they're talking about now. I know that this means this and this means that. Um, but the only difference is time team. They only have three days to do it, and they throw every single resource at it. And this little dig had to like basically do a, a charity bucket at the front of the museum to get enough money to send someone out to do the underground radar and stuff like that so but it's, it's been fun like i say it's fun it's just something random that i thought i'd mention 
And just for everyone on the YouTube channel, we will add um, some form of social media link to the site that Brian's been digging at uh, down below, so you can go and check it out for yourself. Uh, well, we actually have um, a really uh, another amazing guest next week as well. So we have uh, a lovely young lady by the name of Mel, um, who me and Tanya actually met at Twitch London um, when we went uh, at Twickenham. And she's going to be bringing some really, really good insights to the world of uh, TV production and uh, TV general cult fiction and all that stuff. Um, she is definitely, Brian, the person that you want to talk to about things like Only Fools and Horses and stuff like that because she is a trivia of British TV history. Um so my TikTok feed seems to be at the minute is clips from Only Fools and Horses. Brilliant. So entertaining. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us this evening. My name's been Chris. His name has been Brian. His name has been Voice and Warped. And we have loved making this video for you guys. If you've enjoyed it, please make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, and comment down below what is the topic you want to see on the show next. Good night, guys. Goodbye. It's been fun. Thanks for having me. I've had a great time. You're very welcome. Thanks, guys. You'll have to come back on. You'll have to come back on. Yes, yes. Oh, definitely. Yeah.